Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. We pray you are encouraged by today's message. For more information or to stay connected with what's happening at the river, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the River Claremont. So past week, the Lord, it just kept, it's like this just kept popping in my spirit to elevate your vision. You know, it's like believe bigger. Shake off complacency. Anybody, everybody ever felt complacent? You get in a lull in life. You got to shake it off and get back in hope and great expectation and believe for more. So I want to talk to you about that tonight, today, whatever time it is, whatever day it is. (laughs) It's so great to see so many people out on a Tuesday morning. (laughs) Revival, amen. So, I'm just going to talk from my heart this morning. We'll see what happens. But first, I want to say this. I believe totally, wholeheartedly in the goodness of God. When I went into ministry, my desire was never to create a large following for myself. I didn't actually have much ambition for ministry. I actually had more ambition for business than I ever did for ministry. And so, for years, I kind of tottered between the two. Should I do business? Should I do ministry? Ultimately, I made a decision, I'm going to go after the Lord and do everything I can to pour into people and build His kingdom. Amen. Decision is yours. It is grateful that the Lord has given you the free will to make decisions so that not every day you have to eat the same thing because the Lord says you can eat a sandwich Monday, a burger Tuesday, pizza Wednesday, and you will not live a long life, but you will get to heaven. (laughs) Plus... All this healthy eating, how long do you want to really stick around down here? You know what I'm saying? Have a donut and thank the Lord that you get there five minutes quicker. Amen. People are like writing notes right now. That's where we're at. Have a donut. Okay. But um, my, my passion in ministry was always I truly firmly believe in everybody's call. Like I don't think God ever made a person... And thought of a person as smaller. And I understand that we all come from different challenging backgrounds and different things like that. So where one person might get in life, uh, we could never get because we started an entirely starting lo- different starting location. But I do believe that the Lord's plan for your life is to bless you, to reward you, to increase you, to give you great joy, to give you many great blessings, to pour His Spirit on the inside of you, and to do something that is very fulfilling to you And that sets up a generational blessing upon your life. Do you believe that? Say amen. So I believe in the goodness of God. I believe that he has good things for you. I believe faith pleases God. And it's key for us to have great faith to do things that are pleasing to the Lord. I believe that God has great things in store for you. He is who he says he is. And you are who he says you are. Do you believe that? Say amen. So the Bible says in Deuteronomy 28, which I recommend you read the entire chapter about the blessings of the Lord. But beginning verse 11, it says, the Lord will give you great prosperity. Shout that with me. Say great prosperity. prosperity. One more time. Great prosperity. prosperity. Now say it like you mean it. Great (laughs) prosperity. Amen. What's great prosperity? First thing you got to understand is money is a tool, people. A hammer is a tool. You can build things with a hammer. You can destroy things with a hammer. A hammer can be used for good purposes and for bad purposes. Money is a tool. It can be used for good purposes. It can be used for bad purposes. Money in itself is not evil. 
Evil people use money in wicked ways. Righteous people use money in godly ways. The, the, therefore, by reason alone, we can decipher that the more wealth that is in the hands of God's children, the greater the world will be. Will be. Amen? So believe for great prosperity in your life. Elevate your vision. Do not think of yourself small. Do not think of yourself as a castaway, a throwaway, or a person of insignificance. I don't care if you were born in extreme poverty. Shake off that mindset and let the Lord give you a brand new identity and call you to a higher level. Amen. God did not put you on the earth for struggle alone. He put you on the earth because he had great plans in store for your life. And all you got to do is chase after them. Amen. Who can testify the Lord has done great things in you and he's already increased your life. Well, he never stops. Our God is not a God of depletion or subtraction. He is a God of multiplication and increase. If you believe it, shout amen. amen. The Lord will give you great prosperity in the offspring of your body, in the offspring of your livestock, in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open for you his good treasure house, the heavens, to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. Key word. Work of your hand. Say work of your hand. If you're sitting back doing nothing, then you are going to reap the benefits of doing absolutely nothing. Nothing multiplied by nothing is still nothing. So get up and work. Amen. This generation, people, I'm sick and tired of hearing business owners can't even find someone to work anymore in America. Shake off laziness. It is not in your nature. You are in the nature of your heavenly father. He's never had a lazy day once. He's the creator of heaven and earth. Amen. He never stops speaking, never stops moving, never stops pouring, never grows weary, never grows weak. He's always present. He's always flowing. He's the mightiest of the mighty, and he's your father. Amen. That nature is on the inside of you if you're a born-again believer. The nature of quitting and the nature of being a, a, a loser or a um, loser. I'll stick with that. You're not a loser. Amen. But a lazy person, the work of your hand. If you put your hand to something as a believer, you can actually expect the Lord to prosper that which you place your hand to. Who believes that? Amen. Say amen. The Lord is a God of increase. And he says, I, you will lend to many nations. Who will lend to many nations? Amen. That's right. And you will not borrow. Who won't borrow? Amen. Come on. The Lord will make you the head. Say head. Amen. And not the tail. You will be above and not beneath. If you listen and pay attention to the commandments of the Lord your God, which I'm commanding you today to observe them carefully. Amen. God wants to make you the head and not the tail. It is better for righteous people to rule and reign in this earth than wicked people to rule and reign in this earth. Because your agenda is God's agenda, not to crush people, but to promote and lift people up, to get them set free, to give them a hope and a future, because the same nature of your Father is on the inside of you. Come on. Shake off the religious lie that tells you you need to be poor to be humble. You can be wealthy. Meekness. Meekness is not being a person of low influence and no power. Meekness is possessing great influence, great authority, great power, and remaining humble because you know who gave it to you. You have been called to be the meek of the earth. If I'm talking to you, shout amen. amen. That's who you are. But who says that about me, Pastor Caleb? Do you say it? Your heavenly Father that has no power to lie has said over you, I will make you the head and not the tail above and not beneath. Jesus. 
I am who you say I am. Come on. I'll be what you've called me to be. Because I belong to a heavenly family. His blood flows through my veins. The old Caleb that was bound by the laws of this world and then the, every, everything that held me back is dead and gone. He's buried in a grave. The Caleb that stands before you is a blood-bought child of God filled with the Holy Ghost. The Word of God is the plumb line of my life. And everything he's ever spoken over me, it shall come to pass. If you believe that about yourself, say amen. amen. Jesus. You know what amen means? It means so be it. I'm blessed. Amen. Amen. Come on. I have a coat of many colors that my father gave me. You have a coat of many colors, but you know what? People ripped off patches. People tried to throw you in a pit. People tried to call you a loser. People called to say you can't do anything. You'll never make it. Plan for the worst. Expect the worst. Cast aside all of that and put your coat of bright colors back on and say you can throw me in a pit. But I'm still going to the second highest office of the land. Because when my God gives me a dream, no power on earth has the, bow, the, the ability to stop that dream from coming to pass. Jesus. You're unique. You're amazing. You're incredible. you got to elevate your vision. Don't look at yourself as the way the world tells you to look at yourself. Look at yourself as a child of God with a heavenly assignment on this earth that no army on earth has the power to stop from coming to pass. Elevate your vision. Dream big. And once you've dreamed big, ask the Lord to multiply it ten times. And you'll still fall short of the, of, of the mark. Because the world's best is the least that God has in store for your life. If you believe it, say amen. amen. Isaiah 55, 8 through 9 says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Who is glad that the Lord's thoughts are not your thoughts? Come on, somebody. We debate if moose is meese. Which, by the way, I did Google it. The plural of moose is meese, moose, and mooses. Apparently, we just decided to say whatever you want. Moving on, back to important things. His thoughts are not your thoughts. As a man, I possess the supernatural ability to literally think of nothing. People say, what are you thinking of? Huh? What? Rebooting. Name is Caleb. Day is, who cares? Age is somewhere in the 30s. Pick a number, win a prize. But the Lord knows the number of hairs on your head. His thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are his ways your ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. God has thought great things about you. He has planned great things for you. Before I go any further, in the first service during worship, I began to think about this. You know, the Lord fed the disobedient children of Israel for 40 years in the wilderness with manna and quail. And so if you want to stay just having the Lord meet your needs, you're welcome to do it. But if you want to shoot for the best in God, if you want to say he has in store for my life more than just provision to sustain my life, but he has a promised land for me to possess, and that promised land is something that he has crafted for me to walk into. If you want to shoot for the best in God, then God will give you the best. The decision is yours entirely to make. 
Who is God to you? As he said to the children of Israel, I will be who you say that I am. So who is God to you? Is he your heavenly father that rewards you day and night? Or is he a father that just barely gives you enough to teach you a lesson? May the Lord, like God, sustain you and increase you. May your life be a sign and a wonder in this generation. May the blessing be so intense that it is for a thousand generations. That if God tarries, your children's children still talk about the life that you lived and the things that you acquired from your heavenly Father. That it becomes a sign and a wonder to set a lineage in place that is fervently serving the Lord thy God. That is what you're placed on this earth for. You can expect for the best because he has already decided you are worth it. Do you know what the most expensive painting in the world is? Sold November of 2017 was a Van Gogh painting for $450 million. Do you know why that painting was worth $450 million? Number one, because there's only one of them. But number two, because some idiot out there decided he would pay that much for it. Well, how much has been paid for you, my friend? The highest king of kings and the Lord of lords said, I will give my life for you. What is your worth? It's innumerable. It cannot be held. All the cattle of the earth and all the silver and gold doesn't buy the price that has already been paid for your life. Who are you? You're somebody great in the eyes of the only one that matters. And as I said... I actually came to teach this morning, but Antonio rubbed off on me. Blame him. Those of you that come here a lot know I'm very chill, really calm guy. Usually stay seated at a bar stool. It's just not happening today. I think of the prodigal son. You know, oftentimes we talk of the one. He was in search of something that he thought he needed. And so he went into the world to try and find it. And he squandered everything that had already been given to him in hopes of obtaining something that he thought he needed, only to come back broken, ashamed, and having nothing. When he came back, the father, come here, bro. Everything you've lost, I can restore. It's all back to you. But then the other son was upset because truly, even though he never squandered wealth, he he, he also did not know what was already given unto him. So he sat there disgruntled and upset, jealous over another person being promoted. Let me tell you something. You have got to shake jealousy off of your life. That should have no place in the heart of a child of God. Any blessing you have ever seen, even if it's earth-shattering, mind-blowing blessing, he can do it for you. He can do it for you. Celebrate the wins of the children of God. Elevate our God above all things. Give him a shout. Give him a praise. And every time you see someone bless, if jealousy tries to get in, you start shouting hallelujah and bless them back. Take money, put it in the hands of a blessed person and say, I'm a part of this story now too. You're blessed, now I'm blessed. Because my father is your father and everything that he's given unto you, he can rain down in my life too. There is no lack. In my heavenly Father, if you believe it, shout amen. Amen. The, The kingdom of this earth operates in finite amounts. Everything has an end number. In the kingdom of God, there is literally no limits and no boundaries. If I could prophesy to you one thing, it is to increase 
your territory. Stretch forth your tent pegs. Because get ready. God is about to promote you in this hour beyond your wildest expectations and dreams. Those of you that have been faithful to give. Faithful to pray. Faithful to do what God has told you to do. The blessing that is coming on your life will be a sign and a wonder to those around you. If you believe it, give God some praise. It's in me today. It's like a fire shut up in my bones. Elevate your vision. You don't think small because your father in heaven never thought small. He didn't say, let me save Israel with my son. He said, let me send my son to the world, not to contemn the world, but that everyone that believes in him might be saved. For a thousand generations, it's already been paid in full because God is not cheap. Your father in heaven is not a cheap father. Amen? Elevate your vision. Expect for great things. And guess what? As you go after the things of God, as you put on your coat of many colors, you will rapidly find that many people come to keep you held captive. They're, they're angry when someone else gets a promotion. They, they riot. But the Bible says that when the enemy comes at you one way, he will flee from you seven ways. So don't worry about the opposition of this world. Don't worry about anything that this comes against you to hold you captive. Because however it comes, it will leave you more ways than it ever came at you. Because the blessing of God is so real, it will increase and prosper generations if you believe it. King David said it. I have been young and I have been old. And I have never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging for bread. Your children's children will know the glory of God and the blessing of heaven. If you say, that is my portion, then let it be so. Amen? What should you be expecting in this life? Should you be expecting to barely get by? Should you be expecting to always be in a war? Should you be expecting to always be struggling? Or should you expect that your heavenly Father has something beyond your wildest expectations in store for you? If you believe it, say amen. Daniel and Joseph were both promoted to the second highest office in the land. Joseph, of course, thrown into a pit, sold to Potiphar, threatened or by Potiphar's wife, whatever her name was. Nobody really knows. It's just Potiphar's wife. <laughs> Live your life so that they actually write your name in the Bible. <laughs> and not Roy's friend. We're friends. I can say that, right, publicly. Are you ashamed of me, Roy? Come here, buddy. I'm not ashamed of you. <laughs> Live your life so your name gets written down. I remember one person said to me many years ago, a great preacher, built me mega churches in America and in South Africa. And not my father-in-law, another one. And I asked him, I said, what advice do you have? And he said, live your life so that you actually want to be you and not somebody else. And I always remember that. Live each day like this matters. I'm writing my story with the help of Jesus Christ. All things are possible for my life. I'll expect big, believe big, dream big, and I'll stretch forth my hand and see the hand of the Lord do great things in my life. He is a God of increase, and he is my God, so therefore I will increase. If you believe it, say amen. Let me tell you something. In life, there are many opportunities for you to fail. Who in here has ever failed before? Brother, I have failed in more ways than most people have ever even tried to fail. 
Come on. I've stretched out. But let, never let failure be something that then fuels fear in your life to stop believing and stop expecting for great things to come your way. Every time you've failed, you just learned one way it's not going to happen in your life. But that doesn't mean that it ain't going to happen. It just means you are already advancing beyond where most people never do because most people let fear of failure hold them captive and they never try anything. I would rather fail big and get back up than, than, than spend my whole life doing nothing, sitting back and being small. Come on, fail big because at least big failures are still written about. Give them something to talk about, as the country music saying, song says. Let's give them something to talk about. Nobody writes about someone that failed small. But they write about people that went big, expected big, believed big. Walt Disney went bankrupt seven times. Seven times he had an ability to stop the story from progressing forward, but he never gave up. And that's Walt Disney. How much more should you, who has a covenant with the Almighty King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, called by His name, filled by His Spirit, and given the power of His Word, not expect that you too should be able to do something that is literally generational? Elevate your vision. Daniel was promoted to the second highest office in the land. Same with Joseph. Why were they promoted? Because they could see what God wanted them to see. And they could interpret what no man could interpret. When I talk about elevating your vision, I'm talking about let the Spirit of God so get on the inside of you that it changes the way you see the world. You'll no longer see bars, or like prison bars and prison cells and limitations. You'll begin to see that everywhere around you, your heavenly Father has created a way for you to prosper. There's nothing that can hold back a child of God when they operate in the realms of faith. If you see it, as Oral Roberts said, if you can see the invisible, you can do the impossible. Remember that. All it takes is one person to believe it. Tulsa, Oklahoma, they say, is the city that Oral built. Because one man walked into a cow pasture and had faith to raise up a university. Every time I walked that university as a student, I would think about the story of that one man's life. That literally, he was still alive. I got a chance to meet him. He, got, he prayed over my wife and I, so that's pretty cool. But then he passed away a couple years later. But there he was in his like 90s, late 80s, early 90s when I met him. And one man's life will go on and go on and go on to change other people's lives. Can you see the things that have been given to you? Because the two sons in that story were nothing like their father. Their father had no lack, had no fear, full of love, always generous, always kind and willing to pour out. Both the sons missed the character of their father. Because they couldn't see what was already theirs. Can you see what God has given to you? When he says the nations is yours, do you believe it or you just say it in a song? When he says, man, I will bless you, I will increase you, you'll be the head and not the tail. Do you believe it or do you receive it? When he says you will lend to many nations and shall not borrow, come on somebody, he is speaking to you. That's a covenant for you to grab a hold of. And if nobody in this room grabs a hold of it, you make a decision in your heart that I will take hold of that. And where I am today will be the smallest I've been for the rest of my life. Because from this day forward, I'm on a charted path straight to victory upon victory, glory to glory, faith to faith. Because I am serving a God that has been to the end before he ever started the beginning. 
And he has great things in store for your life. Shake off mediocrity. It has no place in a believer's life because you are not of this world. You're merely in this world. You say, but Pastor Caleb, I feel like I've spent a lot of time in the valley. Well, as Billy Graham said, everybody loves a mountaintop. Mountaintops are for vision and perspective, but it's in the valley that the fruit is grown. So whatever part of your life you're in right now, know this. God is increasing. He is advancing. He is pouring, and he is meeting you right where you are. Grow the fruit that's necessary so that when you get to the mountaintop, you can see the land that God has called you to take. And you will say like Caleb, I am well able to take this land. And I mean Caleb in the Bible, not Pastor Caleb. Know your word, people. People are like, number one, he's referring to himself in the third person. And he's very cocky right now. When I was little, my mom sat me down. She said, you were named after a man that charged a mountain when he was 85 years old. And I'm young. I'm thinking everybody's named from their uncle or their granddad and stuff. So I went to school and I told the teacher and the whole class, my granddad was 85 years old and he stormed a mountain and killed giants. And they were like, there are no giants. That's a lie, Caleb. Shut up. And I was like, no, my, mom, my, mama, my mama told me that. My mama don't lie. Went home crying, and my mom was like, it wasn't your granddad, it's in the Bible. I'm like, next time, complete the story, mom. <laughs> Think of your life as a business. You're the boss of the business. Say the boss. You know how I greet people all around the world? I literally greet people with that. I say, what's up, boss? I do. People say, why do you do that? Because I'm prophesying to everybody that is a child of God. You are the boss. You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. Expect for the blessing of God to overtake you. Come on. Hey, what's up, boss? <laughs> Think of yourself as the boss. If you're married, you have a partner in the business. Who has a partner in here? Say, whoop, whoop. If you have children, you have long-term investors and temporary staff in your business. Child labor laws do not apply if they belong to you. Shut up. Go out there and mow the lawn. But it's 3 a.m. I don't care. I'm the boss. You're a worker. One day you'll be the boss, but you can never be the boss until you know what it means to obey the boss. These are just lessons I'm giving out for free. Amen. You're welcome. Child labor laws. Research it. Pretty sure they don't apply to you. Amen. If you get thrown in jail, I'll deny ever telling you that. <laughs> what becomes of your business is entirely up to you. Shake off this demonic, worldly stronghold in people's minds where you're always trying to point to someone else to explain why you are where you are. Well, my dad never encouraged me. Welcome to the story. <laughs> what dad ever gets it right, you know what I'm saying? I'm a born-again, spirit-filled believer, and I still have to go to my kids and be like, Dad, sorry. I mean, just like, whatever. The <laughs> Bible says not to provoke your children, and I provoked you back there. And anyways, okay. <laughs> this is really hard on me to humble myself right now. As you can see, I'm making an effort. <laughs> yeah, but I, was, I, was, I went to, to public school. 
And we didn't even learn how to read past the third grade reading level. Well, you can train yourself how to read. The reason is you've got to see yourself as the boss so you stop complaining about where you're at in life. If you don't like where you are, go and look in the mirror and realize that's the devil that puts you where you are. Because you are the sum total of all of your life decisions up till now. You want to change your tomorrow? Start working on your today. Realize that who I am in Christ starts right now. And I'm elevating my vision. And I will not think of myself as I once thought of myself. There is nothing on this earth that can hold back what God wants to do in my life if I come in agreement with it. Yes, there is opposition. But they will flee seven ways from you. If you believe it, say amen. amen. You have a job and a boss signs a check. But you live long enough and you realize all those things change. The constant in your life has always been you. So if you're the boss and you want to raise, you've got to make that raise happen through managing your own assets, your own talents with skill and precision. Just like when the prophet came to the woman and said, what do you have? And she said, I have nothing but. Everybody in this room has a but. If you have a but, raise your hand. We're talking about B-U-T. Don't you read your word, people? Not B-U-T-T, but. But you also have that, too. We all have a but. We all have something that God has given to us. Stop it, people. This is serious right now. I mean, good grief. Any moment we're going to slip to toilet jokes and it's over with. After that, just give an altar call and we'll all go home. Some people's butts are bigger than others. Whatever butt the Lord has blessed you with. Use it for the glory of God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Now think about it. People are like, well, I, I, in the parable of the talents, number one, the first thing you got to grab about the parable of the talents, it's crazy, but God will take from someone that doesn't have much and give to someone that has a lot. When I first read that, that actually messed with my religious head. And I'll just tell you the truth. I was like, that just doesn't sound kind. <laughs> Why would God take from someone that doesn't have a lot and give it to someone that has a lot? That sounds like capitalism. <laughs> well, number one is because God was going to take from someone that did nothing with it and give it to someone that was faithful to produce something. The biggest moral you got to grab from the parable of the talents is that God actually expects you to produce something with whatever he's given you. You want to see increase? If you got half a talent, you use that half a talent like it's 20 talents and watch before long. You'll have 20 talents and the person that had 20 has none. Because though they started with a lot, if they don't produce, God will strip it from them and give it to somebody that has. Vision to do something with their life. Amen. My family actually was born, the, you know McCormick Spices? Everybody know McCormick Spices? That's my lineage in Florida, whatever. My granddad's family was the McCormicks. They were worth millions and millions of dollars. But my great-granddad squandered it all on gambling and doing everything because he was born in the extreme wealth and never did anything with the business and lost everything. You can start with a lot and wind up at the bottom. You can start at the bottom and wind up with a lot if you keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Elevate your vision. There are people living in a whole other level than most of us ever could even begin to realize. Research shows that it takes 66 days to develop a habit. 66 days. 
to develop a strong habit. Habits can be both good and bad. Anybody in here ever developed a bad habit before? And it's very hard to break a bad habit and replace it with a good habit. But I'll just say this. Many people in the body of Christ are so quick to blame the devil. I think I have a demon. I think I'm oppressed. I think I'm possessed. You don't understand what I live under. All because you're actually lacking discipline. Grow up. Realize you're not a little baby anymore. That your father has poured his word and his spirit on the inside of you. And now you actually have to discipline yourself to grow. Come on. I want a breakthrough. I want a breakthrough. Well, then prepare yourself for a breakthrough so that when it comes, you actually have what it takes to get the breakthrough. Discipline matters. And most preachers won't tell that, but I'll tell you that. If you want to do something great, you're going to have to stretch yourself and actually put your hand to something. Educating yourself, growing, building yourself up, staying full of the word of God, and other to, to discipline yourself to be prepared for something great. It's not like God makes an ethereal blessing of God just appear in your bank account for no reason. He can do it. He has done it. But if you want to tap into something that's generational, see yourself as a child of God in a royal family. And then carry yourself as such. Amen? Amen. There's a quote that says, Loser, Losers visualize the penalties of failures. And winners visualize the rewards of the success. Many people are so focused on their past mistakes of expecting failure that they are held captive from launching anything. As the Lord said to me last week, Are you willing to risk it all? Risking it all is simply faith. And the Bible says, Only with faith can you please God. Are you willing to risk everything on what the Lord lays before you? If so, you're actually operating in faith. And when you operate in faith, things will happen exactly as the Lord has said they will happen. Do you believe it? Amen. Say amen. amen. So don't focus on what can go wrong. So many people have a plan B, a plan C, a plan 374. They expect good things in your life. Wake up every morning like a kid that has been promised to go to Disney World before Mass. <laughs> Just clarify, amen. Because no kid wants to walk around wearing a mask. And when, you, when you're a little kid, if someone says something to you like that, hey, tomorrow we're going to go somewhere. I know for my kids, if I even say maybe, maybe is actually concrete, definite, signed in blood covenant. You know what I'm saying? Like, maybe we'll go out to lunch. Father, you swore in your word <laughs> that you would take me out for a donut. You are a liar. You, your word says, remind you of that word. I mean, my kids come at me. And I'm like, fine, let's go get a donut. And by the way, I said, maybe. <laughs> kids expect it. Let me ask you this. When you were a little kid, do you remember going to kindergarten? Anybody, you remember kindergarten? Remember, did they ever ask you in kindergarten, first grade, what do you want to be when you grew up? No? What a sad school you went to. <laughs> See, like, forget it, how you were dealt with in the past. You're going to do great things, even though they robbed you of that moment as a little kid. I remember I wrote down that I would become the president of the United States. And that I would give bubble gum to everybody in the land. And I would eradicate taxes. I would do all these things because in my mind, I was someone of note. I was something important. Then you grow up and the world kicks your teeth in a few times and you stop the vision and the dream on the inside. But God says, have childlike faith. Look to me as your father and expect great things. Dream once again. Amen. 
dream untethered in all ways. And just so you know, I remember as a kid, it was Valentine's Day. I don't share this a lot. It's a touchy subject. We got to make a heart for my mom for Valentine's because I was six years old. I didn't have a special somebody yet except for my mom. And so I, I made this heart. It had white lace on it. It was beautiful, gorgeous heart. And I was so excited to give my mom this heart for Valentine's Day. And so we go to school and I was looking for the heart on the wall and I couldn't find my heart anywhere. And I'm like, man, where is it? There's only, you know, 15 kids in the school. They didn't put my heart up. And my mom says, is this it right here? And she pointed to this dilapidated, crooked heart with like, you know, messed up lace over here. And it said, K-Feb. Because I always mixed up my F and my L. So for years, unfortunately, actually, we literally built a barn during this time. And we all signed our name in concrete. And I wrote K-Feb and concrete so that for the remainder of my life, I never forgot the fact that when I was five, my name was K-Feb. Every day, you're like a grown man, 19 years old, looking at KFEB, like, can we just do something about this, please? Is there no redemption in the land? It says he wipes out every transgression, but that thing is just screaming at me right now. KFEB, what's your name? Shut up. That's my name for you right now. Moral of the story is, sometimes what you think you are producing is not actually what you produce. Sometimes in life, you think you're doing something great and everything's going to be wonderful, and you do it, and it's tougher than you thought. Just because it's tougher than you thought doesn't mean you quit and throw in the towel. It means you tap into the nature of your father inside that has never quit a single day of his life. He doesn't grow weary, and he's always constant. Amen. Live your life with a healthy vision. Elevate your vision. Who are you? And who is your father? I remember watching years ago, and first of all, when I talk about vision, not everybody's called to have a huge ministry. Obviously, I, I asked the Lord to give me vision for ministry because when I came into it, I didn't have an ambition. So I'm asking the Lord regularly, give me the vision of where you need this church to go. If you're in business, ask the Lord for a vision of what business does he have for you. If you're not called to business, not called to ministry, and you're like, what am I going to do with my life? Envision yourself as a child of God and realize no matter what you're doing, there is supernatural purpose attached to it. But I remember years ago watching this news broadcast of a man that dove into a pond when a kid fell in and alligators were in it. It was like a, one of like an alligator farm here in Florida. And the alligators were coming to this kid and the dude jumps off the bridge, grabs this kid, swims out, gets out of there and saves the kid's life. And they said to the guy in the interview, what made you, what were you thinking as you jumped into this alligator pond? And he said, to be honest with you, I just grew up watching a bunch of superhero movies, and I always thought of myself as a superhero. So in the moment, I just acted on that. <laughs> Whatever you visualize yourself to be, you'll actually be it. So visualize yourself as someone that the blessings constantly overtake. Wake up every morning like the kid going to Disney World and say, today is good, and it's going to end sweeter than it ever began. Amen. Come on, somebody. Your best so far in life will be your least from this day forward because God is a God of increase. What you visualize will materialize. 
Believers that are constantly referring to themselves as a sinner that will continue to mess up and continue to mess out. Well, we're all going to screw up. We're all going to do this. We're all going to do that. Will live their life perpetually going back into sin and then coming back out. But a person that begins to identify themselves as a blood-bought child of God, filled with the Spirit of God, empowered by grace to live a righteous life and change my generation, will be what they say that they are. So who are you in Christ Jesus? Come on, somebody. You're the devil's worst nightmare, baby. Come on. When he goes to bed, he looks under the bed to see if you're hiding underneath it. That's right, baby. What you visualize will begin to be the story of your life. Visualize yourself as God's child, righteous, pure, loving, powerful, and strong. And you'll begin to have that. Genesis 30, 31 through 39 says this. Laban asked, what shall I give you? Jacob replied, you shall not give me anything. But if you will do this one thing for me, which I now propose, I will again pastor and keep your flock. Let me pass through your entire flock today, removing from it every speckled, spotted sheep and every dark or black one among the lambs and the spotted and speckled among the goats, and those shall be my wages. So my honesty will be evident for me later when you come for an accounting concerning my wages Every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and dark among the young lambs, if found will be with me, will be considered stolen. And Laban said, good, let it be done as you say. So that on that day, Laban secretly removed the male goats that were streaked and spotted and all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, every one with white on it and all the dark ones among the sheep. And he put them in the care of his sons and he put a distance of three days journey between himself and Jacob. And Jacob was then left in care of the rest of Laban's flocks. What does that mean? It means that Jacob said to his father-in-law, who was not a good person, I have a good father-in-law, you might not have a good father-in-law. But he says to him, look, from this day on I've served you for many years. As the flock grows, all the flock that's spotted, speckled, or striped, and dark colored will be considered my sheep, my goats, and all those that are pure white will be considered yours. And Laban says to him, great. That will be what we do. But then that very day secretly takes all the spotted, all the speckled, all the striped, and all the dark and hides them away, leaving him with an entire flock of pure white sheep and goats. Cackling to himself that now his son-in-law will literally have nothing and he will be a slave the remainder of his life. But the power of what you visualize becomes what you are. And so... Jacob sets branches of fresh poplar and almond and plane trees and he peels white stripes in them, exposing the white in the branches. And he sets the branches which he had peeled in front of the flocks in the watering troughs. And when the flocks came to drink, they mated and conceived when they came to drink. So the flocks mated and conceived by the branches and the flocks gave birth to streaked, speckled, and spotted offspring. A couple takeaways by that. Number one, God will prosper you even if your partner or your family, or some wicked person tries to bring you down, you will still rise above because your father will never turn his back on you. Somebody shout amen. Yeah. Was talking today with a business owner after the service, and they were saying that hit head on because we have people that are in the business against us that have been lying to people, saying we're all of these things, that we're addicted to drugs and running around. And I looked at him and said, when I came here to pastor, believe it or not, 
people spread rumors that I play uh, handle snakes in the, in the place and that I'm dead set against wearing jeans. That if you come here, you better be in a dress. And I'm thinking, what kind of a moron <laughs> would ever spread that? We did a tent crusade, a tent crusade where you're glorifying Jesus and getting people saved. And the police and the fire trucks show up second night demanding a permit. So we show them all the permits. They said, okay. And then we asked them, you know, what, what, why'd you come? And they said, the church up the road called and complained, hoping to shut you down. The neighbors are out in their lawn chairs clapping, singing hallelujah, and the church up the road is trying to shut down a revival because all they can think is limitation and jealousy, but that is not in your nature. You shake it off. People can plot your demise, but you don't let that infect your spirit because you can plot what you want, but I'm a blood-bought child of God. I will rise above, and you will see that the blessing upon my life cannot be overcome. Jesus. People start thinking, i got to be wicked to prosper. You ain't got to be wicked. You're going to stay righteous, and you're going to prosper beyond what any wicked person has ever known. Because the Bible says the Lord makes you rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. You can go to bed at night knowing that you are living upright before the Lord Almighty. And that if you have a long life on this earth or a short one, things are well with you, you will cross into heaven. Forget wicked people. Laban can plot. The Labans of your life can try and steal from you. But when they steal, the Bible says the thief that steals must repay. Hallelujah. Sevenfold. Somebody calculate what you've lost. Turn it by seven and say, thank you, Jesus. I receive it in the mighty name above every name, the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, just for note on that, because we're talking about actual, this will happen in your life. I went to Bible school when I was a young man in Tampa, Florida. I worked at a casino, I know, right, <laughs> to, to pay my, my, my rent and everything. And one day I had this new cell phone, and I put it on the, the banister at the thing, and the boss, my boss says, don't you leave your phone out, bro. These people coming out of this casino, they're shady folk. They'll snatch that phone. And I looked at him, and I said, if someone steals my phone, I'll get seven free phones. Because anything the enemy takes from me, he has to pay back sevenfold. He says, you're lost, whatever. I went, ran a car, came back, my, my phone was stolen. This is the iPhone 12. Do you know that there's been like 12, well, I guess it's 12, but there's more like 14 I've had nearly every single year of iPhone, and I've only ever purchased two of them because people would literally walk up and give me brand new iPhones one after another, all from years ago as a Bible school student, letting out of your mouth say, if someone steals my phone, the devil's got to pay back sevenfold. So let me tell you something. Something's been stolen from you. Just go ahead and calculate it and then plan your Maui vacation because deliverance is on its way. And payback is not something you worry about. It's something you shout about because you ain't the one paying back. You're the one getting paid back in Jesus' name. Come on. Number two, just seeing stripes in the branches costs the animal to produce striped things. What you visualize will become what you are. What are you letting into your spirit? What are you always partaking in? What are you listening to? If you're around a bunch of people that nag you and want you to stay broke your whole life, sometimes you've got to choose better friends. 
Sometimes you got to put a distance. You can love them from far away. You know, we call them hundred friends. They're great a hundred feet away. <laughs> but you let them in too close. The next thing you know, that, that gets on you. You feel icky and you feel broken and you feel lost and you feel hopeless. Shake that off. Bro, the blessing upon you is so strong when you sleep, you advance. You rise up and God literally moved things forward by you took a nap. That's the God that I serve. Amen. Acts 2, 17 through 18. When the Holy Spirit came, and who's grateful for the Holy Ghost? The Bible says it was like cloven tongues of fire, mighty rushing wind. It was evident that the Spirit of God showed up in the place. They all got a new language and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Thank God for the heavenly language. Amen. I pray in tongues every day of my life. It stirs up your spirit and it builds you up on your most holy faith. It speaks mysteries unto God and it causes havoc in the enemy's camp. So pray in tongues. But God didn't just give them cloven tongues of fire, mighty rushing wind, and tongues. It goes on to say that he actually gave them supernatural visions. The Bible says in verse 17, It shall be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit upon all mankind. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see divinely prompted visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my bond servants, both men and women, I will in those days pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Elevate your vision. When the Holy Spirit came upon you, He came upon you to break your mindset of everything you've ever seen and ever known in this world. There are things that God wants released in this generation that have never been released upon the world up till now. And you have got to tap a hold of the Spirit of God and see what heaven wants you to see. And if you see it by God, you'll be able to produce it in this earth. Because how did Laban, or how did Jacob, even begin to know about the branches? The next chapter from Genesis 30, the next chapter, Jacob sits with his wives, Leah and Rachel. And he looks at them and says, your father has been wicked to us for many years. He has stolen, he has robbed from us. But the Lord gave me a dream. And in the dream, he showed me the colored, the spotted, the striped, and the blemished ones. And said, that will be your portion. God gave him a supernatural dream. So you can say visualization is what produced it. But I would rather say it's the Spirit of God that produces it. If he gives you a vision, if he gives you a dream, hold back world because I'm coming. And I'm coming with the faith of a thousand generations. My father has proven himself time after time after time. And if he ordains something, it shall be made so. Who are you? You're a child of God. Elevate your vision. Dream bigger. Shake off mediocrity. There can be a plan to break the back of people financially. There can be a plot to overthrow the currencies of the world and send the whole world into dire straits. But in the midst of all the wicked plans, there is a godly covenant that reigns true no matter what. And no army on this earth can stop the blessing of God upon your life. So you plot, you strategize, you maneuver. But I am on a path, and that path is a path of promotion because I serve the God that is more than enough, the Alpha, the Omega, the El Shaddai. 
He will see me through to the end. Elevate your vision, church. Believe you are who he says you are. Expect great things. Thanks for listening to the River Claremont podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in seeing lives touched and changed by the love and power of Jesus, you can give online at www.riverclaremont.com. Your prayers and financial support are changing lives.